Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. Hello, and welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Dr. Jason Baker, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about student-teacher relationships with Dr. Jan Blatcher. Dr. Blatcher is a distinguished professor of education and the former UC presidential chair in the Graduate School of Education at the University of California, Riverside. She is also director of the Search Family Autism Research Center and is a fellow and a past president of Division 33. Dr. Blatcher's NIH and IES-funded research focuses on the family context of children and adolescents with and without developmental disabilities, the cultural context of disability, and student-teacher relationships and adaptation to school. Welcome, Dr. Blatcher. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you're going to talk a little bit about student-teacher relationships. So so what do we mean when we say student-teacher relationships? I think you probably have had those yourself. We've all had them going through school. Think about the time that you first got to school and your teacher was that important person at the front of the room. As as we've moved forward in the field of ID and even developmental psychology, we've recognized that this is really almost as important a relationship as the parent-child relationship. And like the parent-child relationship, it has downstream, very positive downstream effects if the student-teacher relationship starts off as being positive and warm and non-conflictful. And, and why is it so important for children with intellectual or developmental disabilities or autism spectrum disorder? Well, it's important for all children. And to be fair, I should credit this, this whole line of research really to Bob Pianta at the University of Virginia, Charlottesville, who began studying student-teacher relationships with typically developing kids. And he started in, you know, Head Start classes, classes for children at risk, and moved into early childhood classes. And he and his team, about 10 years ago, did a number of studies showing that um, warmer, less conflictful student-teacher relationships in preschool, first grade, early grades led to better peer relationships in high school, less delinquency, fewer dropouts, and much more academic engagement. He never studied this in children with disabilities at all, and so we kind of picked up on this construct in the collaborative family study, which I know you're familiar with, Jason. <laughs> so the collaborative family study was a, it actually still is ongoing, a longitudinal study of families beginning um, with assessments of children at age three. And there were 12 assessments between ages three and 15. And now we're back interviewing this sample uh, at the age of 20, 21, 22. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's been quite an effort. And the, the adult follow-up has been fascinating. Um, but sticking with student-teacher relationships, we be, the collaborative family study had a sample starting off of typically developing children and children with mild to moderate delays. 
as they got older, we were able to sort of bifurcate the sample into typically developing an ID. What we learned is that at the start of public school, maybe age six, we began to see that the ID sample had significantly lower total student-teacher relationship scores, and I'll tell you where, how we get those scores, and much more conflict and less warmth than typically developing kids. And that, that was really alarming to myself, to Dr. Bruce Baker, who is the PI on the project, to Laura Lee McIntyre, who was involved in that study for her dissertation, because that's not what should happen when children first enter school. They actually should have a good relationship with their teachers. So we wanted to really pursue this, and in fact, we have data on that across all of the school years from uh, ages 3 to 13. And, and what are those data showing? They're showing, so, so just, just to um, recall Bob Pianta, he developed a scale called the Student-Teacher Relationship Scale, and it's a quick little 28-item scale that has great psychometric properties, particularly if you're looking at the construct of um, closeness and conflict. Um, and so we look at the total score and closeness and conflict. It also measures dependency, which is a little less reliable, so I'll speak less about that. Uh, so what, what we found was that, for example, in one paper we looked at ages six, seven, and eight, and across all three ages, the sample of children with ID had significantly poor student-teacher relationships than the sample of children who were typically developing. And this is all the more remarkable because they were different teachers at each year. So that led us to think, is it just because a child is ID? that the teacher doesn't quote like, like the child? Or is there more going on? And that led us to a series of more probing studies looking at maybe some moderators of this or what really accounted for it. Spoiler alert, um, it, it's quite simple, but it's a finding that has actually held up not only across elementary school years, but even into high school, that um, children or youth who have better social skills and less challenging behavior have teachers who report better quality student-teacher relationships. This has been um, replicated in other people's work. Long, I think you pronounce it Longobardi, has looked at this in middle school kids. And Clayton Cook and his team at the University of Minnesota, who actually worked with me at UC Riverside when he was getting his PhD, uh, he and his team are looking at student-teacher relationships in high school in terms of um, uh, building up better emotional, relational aspects of youth and adolescence with their teachers. Okay. Uh, so where, where is this work going next? Well, the exciting thing is that we studied this under, with CFS. Uh, along with my co-PI, Abby Eisenhower at UMass Boston, we had a four-year uh, IES grant to look at successful correlates of the transition to school for early children with autism. We had about 184 kids between the ages of four to seven, 
and looked at a number of outcomes of the transition to school where the STR or student-teacher relationship was only one of them. But that became so powerful um, in that overall study that we went back to IES and applied for an intervention grant and we are now beginning um, a new project that is a teacher um, directed, the development of a teacher directed intervention to improve student-teacher relationships. Oh, wow. So that's where we're going with that. Um, we're only in the second part of our development phase, but we're doing everything in conjunction with teachers, for teachers. Um, that's probably another whole podcast to describe where it's going, but we're excited to do our feasibility and usability study over the next six months with single subject design, and then next year, hopefully, we'll be pilot testing this in local school districts. Wow. Wow. So obviously the intervention is probably pretty complex, um, but if you had to pick out maybe one thing that you could do with a teacher or with the child's parents to improve the student-teacher relationship, what might that be? Good question. Actually, it's three components. I won't talk about all three, but the first component of the intervention is an online set of modules that have been, you know, teacher, teacher tested, and they're actually being viewed now by um, young adults on the spectrum to also get their input. But, the, but to answer your question, there are two components. One, the, the second component of this intervention is what we call teacher as interviewer. And we're instructing teachers to interview the parents of children in their class. Now, these are all regular ed teachers. This intervention is specifically for gen ed teachers who have children mm -hmm. mainstreamed into their classroom. Wow. And this is um, instruct instructing, encouraging teachers to be proactive in asking parents, what makes your child tick? What might set your child off? What does he find reinforcing? How can we use that? How can we be parents and partner, how can we partner with you to make this the most successful transition into my classroom? Rather than have parents have to march into class the mm -hmm. first day with a Xerox box full of records and say, here, this is what you need to know about my child. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we're instructing teachers in what we call time to connect. And the program is very specific and the teachers seem to love it. But basically having gen ed teachers spend three to five minutes a day in a one-to-one -one interaction with the child with autism in their classroom. Not with the aide, not with the paraprofessional, mm. but with the credentialed teacher. Oh, very cool. So it sounds, it all sounds very obvious, but even the teachers that were involved in it found these far more revolutionary than they should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just showing what's important. Right, yeah. right. So I guess just to wrap up here, you know, um, our advice to teachers, of course, is to engage with parents. Parents first. They know their kids first. They know their kids better than teachers. Uh, teachers may know how to instruct them better, but parents do know their kids the best. And for parents, our data from Smooth Sailing 1, we call our project Smooth Sailing, our data suggests that parents really ought to be their teacher's BFF because those with more stronger parent-teacher relationships tend to be the same um, families where there's a better student-teacher relationship. So one potential obstacle to what you're trying to do is 
that the teachers don't have the time necessarily or they're not funded to do this. Have you given any thought to kind of on a policy or school level how this might be practical? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And the reason that we involve teacher consultants and we pay them heavily to try this out, they've actually tried this out in their classrooms and, and determined that it really doesn't take much time. They have to schedule time to talk to parents once during the academic year <laughs> that lasts from 30 minutes to an hour. And for a teacher to say, I don't have time three times a week to engage with this child for three to five minutes is, is a tough one. Now, the, the intervention is really restricted to K, first and second grade, okay. because by third grade, teachers really don't interact with any of their kids. <laughs> they don't. I mean, we've spent hours and hours in classrooms. There's the, the curriculum is so structured that you don't see any one-to-one interaction. So it really is to make that transition into early schooling more smooth. But well said, and uh, we, we were worried about that, but so far the teacher consultants did not find it to be overly burdensome. And they are allowed to count, if you will, you know, uh, this, this interaction can be around a curriculum um, topic, it can be around a topic of interest. And I'm being very simplistic here, but in the program, these time to connect sessions move from very simple uh, getting to know the child to more curricular academic engagement type activities. Wonderful. Well, th- thank you for doing this work and thanks for doing the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. This is fun. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and ASD research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working in the field, thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD and those who support them, we're here to help.